Welcome to the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast. In this podcast, you can expect to be inspired and equipped to ditch diets, eat well, and let your light shine. Every time you listen, you can expect practical tips straight from the Word of God that are going to get you on the road to food freedom today gooey bites of deliciousness that will make you shimmy in your seat because you know that God is speaking directly to you. Are you ready? All right, grab a fork. Let's dive in. In this episode, we're going to talk about what is a biblical eating plan and what you need to know about the Bible and diets. So God revealed something kind of interesting to me, and it is correlating the Old Testament law with diets and the New Testament grace with walking in freedom from diets. And now I'm I'm not anti-way of eating, right? Like the definition of a diet is the way that we eat on a daily basis. That's fine. (laughs) We want to eat on a daily basis. But what I'm against is the diet mindset, and that is what the law brings up. Because remember, if we are just breaking one law in that Old Testament law, we are done, right? It is over. We have fallen short of God's holiness. Sounds a lot like a diet, doesn't it? When you go on a diet and you make one mistake, doesn't that kind of rock your world? Doesn't the downward spiral out of a healthy eating plan usually start with one mistake? Right? And that's the law mindset that says if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. And we may as well throw in the towel and keep eating Twinkies. Right? Restriction doesn't work to change the heart. And God has come to change our hearts. Like that's why Christ comes, so that He could write His law within our hearts and change the, the way that we are, not just the way that we act. Because the outward appearance, we could suck it up, we could follow a diet for a certain amount of time, but that doesn't mean that our heart towards God is changed in any way. And so if you find yourself in that law state of diets where there's a burden that is too big for you to bear, then it's time to administer God's grace into your life. But here's where I always got stuck. Like I never knew what that meant for me. What does it mean to walk in freedom, in grace, in peace, in in Christ in the way that I eat? It felt so different. And it felt like something that I should be able to handle on my own. I should be able to get this under control. I have these healthy eating plans. I know what's right. Why can't I do it? It's the law. If that's you, under the burdens of the law, you're always going to fall. Paul talks about it. He says that, you know, the law made sin. It aroused sin in his life. And that's often what happens to us. We're like that two-year-old that wants that candy at the checkout as soon as we're told we're not able to have it. We just freak out, right? That is what the law does to it. It arouses sinful passions. But grace... Grace changes our hearts. Grace covers a multitude of sins. Grace says from the Lord, Child, I know that you're human. I know that you're made of dust. I know that you're going to trip and fall. But you know what? I've made provision for that falling and by sending my own son. Grace says, It's okay, Lord. I know that your blood is big enough, that your sacrifice is big enough to cover my sins. 
So in day-to-day -day life, what does it look like? It looks like waking up and seeking the Lord first. Not trying to fix the problem because when we strive, we're going to be exhausted and we're going to fail. But when we seek, therein we have the power, the strength to then move forward into what God has called us to do. So we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and expect that all these things will be added unto us. All these things, it can be something really practical, like the, the self-control to walk past the donuts in the office break room. It can be the self-control to eat a little bit less or to leave a couple bites on your plate. And that's where we get our strength from. But it's not going to go perfectly. And we've already been told that, right? I think that our expectations for ourselves are actually higher than God's. Like he has great hopes for us, but he knows that we are going to fall and that we're going to fail and that we're going to want to please him and that it's not going to happen. And he's not shocked and he's not disappointed and he's not wringing his hands up in heaven wishing that you would just get it right. He's saying, look up child, right? So when you go through your day and you're seeking to put him first and you forget to remember to put God first, and you eat something that you wish you hadn't, or you experience an emotion that leads to making a poor choice, grace says it's okay. You don't need to cover that sin. It's been covered. The law says you've got to do something. You've got to fix this. Grace says it's been fixed. So rather than beating yourself up and feeling terrible about it, you look up and you start fresh. You say, I thank you, God, Lord, that you knew that this was going to happen, that you've taken care of it, and that we together can move on. And even if it is 11.59 <laughs> on a Sunday night and Monday starts tomorrow, you can change it that last 60 seconds and really seek to glorify God. Because it's not every week that we need to reset. It's not every day. It's not even every hour. It's every moment and every bite. You could be three quarters of the way through a binge and stop and give God that last quarter. And you know what, my friend? We will high five because that is awesome. Okay, so then really stepping in that grace is really important. And the other part that I find is really important in like a biblical perspective of eating is really embracing our freedom of choice. Because we get in that law state, in that diet state, and we feel suffocated, like we have no options. I don't know what to do, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. Like, like we've been held in prison and we're just forced to eat slop out of the kitchen. But that's not the case for us. You and I, we're adults, we have money, we have cars, we can bake something if we want to, we can cook a healthy meal if we want to. It's all within our realm of freedom of choice. And if you're feeling stuck in a particular plan, it's time to remind yourself that you're really in the driver's seat. God hasn't said that you can't eat X, Y, Z. His grace asks for you to take good care of your body, but God has made all foods clean and you have the freedom of choice to make those, those eating choices. You're allowed to eat cake and cookies and candy and pizza. You're allowed to eat kale and broccoli and <laughs> grilled chicken and brown rice, all of these things. They're all clean, available foods. But until we embrace our freedom of choice that we, in fact, can choose either of those, it's going to be really difficult to make a healthy choice. 
this was something that was a real challenge for me. Uh, I held certain foods on a pedestal. I basically worshiped them. And one of those was McDonald's McFlurries. I would eat those like crazy. And in fact, I would go to a McDonald's and order several McFlurries, making sure to point out to the cashier that um, my friends had all asked me to run. <laughs> I wasn't buying three McFlurries for myself. And so in the county that we live in, it is saturated with McDonald's. I could take a 20 minute drive and I would pass four or five McDonald's easily. And so I was driving home one night and it was like, I really wanted a McFlurry. Not really one, I wanted like several, right? But I'm holding onto my wheel, just like willpowering it right in the law. I can't have it, I can't have it, I can't have it. But then God in his grace spoke to me and said, child, you can have that. It's your free choice to have that. I'm gonna love you regardless of the choice that you make. And even that in itself just kind of calms down. There's less of that grasping, that gasping for food that's happening. And so I used a principle that is used in like therapy and coaching, and it's called amplified reflection. And I reminded myself that I was not only free to have one McFlurry, I could have three or four or many. And you know what? I could do that every single day for the rest of the year, for the rest of my life. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but we need to remind ourselves that this food is not going away. It's plentiful, it's available, and we can always make the choice to have it. But the flip side of that coin is that when there's freedom to make a choice, to be an adult, to trust your wisdom, to speak, like allow the Holy Spirit to speak in your heart, you may not feel the desire to gasp for that food. And so therein lies just in a daily basis, embracing that freedom of choice that we have to walk by the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that we're free to be disciplined, but we're not forced to be so. And your behavior, whether you eat one cookie or 10 or, you know, a salad, doesn't change God's love for you. So let that peace permeate your heart so that you can stop being performance-based in your food and simply seek the Father. So let me pray for you, okay? All right, Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that your love is bigger than any food choice we could make. I thank you that you desire for us to seek you first and that you will use this crazy area of food to draw us even closer to you. God, and sometimes we wonder, why haven't you set me free, Lord? Why am I still struggling? But I think the dailiness of the struggle is the answer to the question, God, that you just want us to have daily contact with you many times a day. Lord, if you were to set us free, we may walk away, God, and take the glory. But we want to lock arms with you and really find that freedom, God, that allows us to just boast in all that you've done. I pray that these concepts that sound kind of wacky and I may not have done a great job explaining, Lord, about like freedom of choice and the law and diets, Lord, that you'll allow the Holy Spirit to speak to these women, that it will be clear, much clearer than anything I could say. So thank you for allowing me to share this message, Father. I pray that it reaches the ears that it needs to. In Jesus' name, amen. Because when you bring the Lord into every area of your life, well... It changes everything. Oh, and P.S. If you're struggling to put the Lord before your weight loss goals, 
Well, sister, you are not alone. I spent years so afraid to yield my weight and my body to God because I thought he'd want me to be unhappy in my own skin or to be honest, overweight. But the reality is, is that God wants you to be comfortable and confident in him. And he wants to be first in your life. That's why today I want to share the Overcoming Weight Loss Idols worksheet with you. In this simple four-page little workbook, you're going to be asked some questions that really get to the heart of the matter so that you can put God before the scale so that your goals can be a result of your relationship with him rather than being focused on the scale. Doesn't that sound like what he would want? I believe that's what he wants for you. So be sure to download it and dive in today. Well, it certainly was lovely to spend some time with you, sis. I hope that you're enjoying a taste of food freedom. Now, if you're looking for more of an entree, I'd love to officially invite you to my Platinum program. It's a six-month, deep-dive, start-to-finish program that is going to immerse you in God's Word and God's plan for food freedom. You can find out more at gracefulplate.com forward slash platinum. And while you're there, be sure to get on the waiting list. It is the most fun, most practical, most productive time you'll probably ever spend on a waiting list. Be sure to check it out. I'll see you there.